Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Oh, my. Hi, everybody. Good morning. It's Wednesday, and it is January 26th. No, no, no. It's February. I'm sorry. It's February the 5th. Okay, forgive me. I'm so totally out of it. It's February, the month of pink, okay, and the month of love. And red, I think it's red, right? Well, today is Wednesday, February 5th. I hope I got my day right because I couldn't be a day behind. I don't know why. But I almost thought it was Thursday already. I guess I'm looking forward to the end of the week and has it been that kind of week. But I just want to thank you all for joining me. Yesterday, I promised that I would have given a shout out to uh, our viewers who uh, follow us from... uh, from all parts of the country and all parts of the world. We, in fact, have viewers from uh, all over the world. In fact, I wrote it down yesterday, and it was quite amazing. So while I'm here, I want to say thank you to those of you from the United Kingdom. Uh, I'm going to uh, read it because it was quite a list when they handed it to me, and I don't want to leave anyone out. So here, here are folks who are listening to us. Morning, everybody. Of course. The United States is the lion's share of the market. Canada, Spain, Mexico, Singapore, India, Denmark, Netherlands, the United Kingdom, South Africa, and Germany. There you have it. So I want to say thank you to all of you who choose to be a part of our experience. And I just want to tell you that I am very happy that uh, you choose to be a part of us. Thank you so much, and uh, thank you, everybody. Right? So today on our show, uh, uh, we are going to talk about uh, something that I find very interesting because it, in fact, happens to all of us, all of us at some point in our lifetimes and uh, have have the experience of going to the pharmacy to pick up some sort of a prescription. Now, for most of us, when I was a kid, going to the pharmacy was a big deal because, you know, it was filled with all kinds of nice stuff. This was before the advent of the big box stores. So, you know, the pharmacy had all kinds of nice stuff. And being a girl, all I was interested in was uh, pretty stuff pink stuff, makeup stuff. Don't judge me. Please, my friends, do not judge me, right? But what I found was that I also liked the idea of uh, I also liked the idea of going to the pharmacy. So, as the, you know, you get a prescription, though you go to the doctor, the doctor writes a prescription, you go to the pharmacy. Well, we all have our favorite pharmacies, don't we? Mm-hmm. And I, like everybody else, I have my favorite pharmacist. I, I like Walgreens. I don't know why I said that, but I like Walgreens. CVS has a boatload of stuff, but I like Walgreens. I don't know why. <laughs> right? 
So, but we all have our pharmacists. So the subject we're talking about today is chaos at our pharmacists. America's pharmacists, pharmacists are in crisis mode. People have been getting wrong prescriptions, and some people have even died. They can't comment on it because they have achieved or re- reached a settlement with the drug dispenser to keep it up. But I want to highlight this because this is something, it's one of those things where money is, money is the bender here. If there is anything that is underlying this, is that money is what is the determining factor. Like everything else in America, everything is motivated by money, right? Every, it seems like everything in our country is about money. And I was surprised to learn that one of our largest chain pharmacists with over 10,000 stores, CVS, is the eighth largest company in America. I did not know that. I also learned that five of our pharmacists rank in the top 100 companies in America. I did not know that. So pharmacy is big business. It's big business because it sells prescription drugs, right? And it sells drugs, right? So it's big business. It's not just the stuff that you and I go to the pharmacy for. They always have makeup going on and stuff. You know, when I was a teenager, that was a big deal. And, you know, yeah, still for a lot of kids, I guess. But today, in today's world, should people buy makeup off Instagram? One click, and it comes to your door, boom, just like that. Mm, have tried some of that and didn't do well, so I'd go back to, to the ones in the department stores, <laughs> right? But when we talk about pharmacists, we have to, we think of our, our seniors. We think of our parents and grandparents and our elderly relatives and how dependent they are on, on the work of pharmacists, right? In fact, for many of our seniors, they have what we call uh, refillable prescriptions. Anybody who is taking care of a relative knows that. In fact, it's one of the things you rely on because uh, the pharmacy will refill the prescription if you forget to call in mom's prescription, right? The pharmacy will refill it or they will place a call to find out. Well, we didn't realize that the reason this was happening was because pharmacists, pharmacists are being paid bonuses. And I'll go into that in just a second, but I want to give you some background. Well, this began, uh, this is a New York Times uh, investigative story, and they began investigating it when people began complaining that they had taken a drug and felt dizzy only to find out that the drug they took was not the one that was prescribed for them. In one other scenario, uh, a person died. This, this man's mother died because she was taking a chemo drug when she, in fact, had asked for an antidepressant. Turns out the doctor wrote the right prescription. The pharmacist dispensed the wrong prescription, right? This happened in Florida with, with a public. This was at a public supermarket in Florida, right? And when you look at it, the reason why this is happening is because, of course, money drives everything right? It's always about the money, isn't it? It's always about the money. And because money drives everything, what's happening is that a lot of people are are relying, well, I shouldn't say a lot of people. Pharmacists are making money based on us being sick. The incentive there is that you go to the doctor and the doctor writes a prescription. When you take the prescription to the pharmacist, the pharmacist is required to do a multitude of functions. Have you been to a pharmacist, a pharmacy lately? 
Have you noticed that your wait time is long? In fact, I saw a meme on one of my social media platforms because it was making fun of how long you're going to wait at the pharmacy. The average wait time is 30 to 45 minutes. That's because you are not the only person the pharmacist is attending to. He, the pharmacist has to make phone calls to drug companies, have to make phone calls to insurance companies. They have to make phone calls to the doctor, right? In addition to which, they're also required to call patients to find out if they're going to renew the prescription and to remind them that the prescription is renewable. They also call patients and tell patients, why don't you tell the doctor to give you a 90-day prescription? So what a number of doctors are saying is that the patients are taking meds longer than they need to. In fact, in one case, a two-year-old child, a baby, was given a prescription that he should never have taken. And in order to not completely remove him off the prescription because it would have been more hazardous, they had to wean him off it gently by reducing the dosage and reducing the frequency with which he took the medication so that he actually would survive. Are you listening to me? The reason these things are happening is because Big Pharma has taken over. Big Pharma doesn't care about you and I. They kind of have, have us from the cradle to the grave. And all they're interested in is in your lifetime, how much money can they make off you? What, we, what the story uncovers is that there's a web, literally, of doctors and pharmacists and pharmacists as well as the prescription drug maker itself. They're in the business of selling their drugs. So they're going to get their story to whomever is going to pay for it. So poor pharmacy, you pharmacists, you go to college to get a degree in pharmacology, and you think you're coming back to serve the public. Most pharmacists are interested in doing what? Keeping and counseling their patients. They want to talk to their patients because, let's face it, if you go to the same pharmacy over and over, you develop a relationship with a pharmacist. And part of them dispensing the drug means that they do what? They give you, they counsel you. They t- if you have any questions, usually when they're giving it to you, they ask you if you have any questions. I usually don't have any at that point because from the doctor starts prescribing this medication, I have questions. And then, of course, there's Dr. Google. So I'm going to look up whatever else I need to know about this prescription, right? See what I'm saying? But most folks don't do that. Most of our seniors, they don't have the time to do that. And most of them are not surrounded by a healthy network of family supporters because sometimes your seniors live in one state and you live in another. Truth, it's just a reality. It's just the way we are right now as a nation. This is where we are. So our seniors, our parents, went south because they want to be warmer. And so they're far away from us and they start getting sick and you are here and they are there. And sometimes you really don't know what is going on and it tears you apart because you have commitments here with work and mortgage and children and school. You can't really just uproot to go be near your parents, even though it's killing you. I was just lucky that I happened to live in the same town when my mom got sick. If I had lived in Florida, I would have been torn to pieces. I don't know what I would have done. I would have been so distraught, even worse than I was. I think this is something for us to pay attention to because all of us at some point are going to interact with the pharmacy. I'm not saying that you're going to be sick, but at some point 
when you do get a prescription, all we need to pay attention to it. We need to read what it says, and we need to see if it complies with the doctor's prescription and the doctor's orders, right? I have had a prescription uh, that I take that the pharmacist has called me if I'm interested in renewing my prescription. In fact, now they send out text alerts, right? So you can text back ready to renew, and they create it. Wow, I had to buy a place and move it and move mine in. <laughs> oh, really? You bought somewhere to move your parents in? That's good. Because as they age, we have no idea how vulnerable and susceptible our parents become, especially when you are not there to form a hedge around them. You have to ask questions. And when they go to the doctor and when they go to the pharmacist, you have to Start taking the rollover and, and start parenting your parents and asking questions. Tears are coming to my eyes because I remember my mother was such so in control of everything. And then when she became helpless, she needed someone to be there to ask questions, to ask the doctor questions and to ask the pharmacy, what is going on here? Why can't I get this drug right now? Why do I have to drive 10 miles away to get it? One of the drugs my mom was taking is, is, is controlled. It's what they call a controlled one, right? Morphine went towards the end of her life, right? Because of the cancer and the pain associated with it. And I kid you not, it was, they run a background check. And I'm like, seriously, they take your driver's license and run a background check and attach my driver's license to it, which saved me, I learned later. Because if you're driving with that medication and you get pulled over and the medication is not in your name, you could get into trouble for, 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 for drugs that you shouldn't have any business with. So luckily, my driver's license and my name was attached to it. I didn't fully understand it until later on when someone else explained it to me. These are the things that happen as we age, right? But I want to draw attention to some stuff that I read. I, I want you to hear this. Pharmacists have to call patients to inquire if they need to refill their meds, pharmacists are also required and are uh, and are asked to ask the patients if they want a 90-day prescription or not. Pharmacy chains are, are are very very wealthy, and performance metrics are what pharmacy chains use to require pharmacists to perform. Those performance metrics are comprised, of course, of how many calls they make. So here's what a typical pharmacist does. They manage the drive-through. Have you ever been to a pharmacy drive-through? You ever wonder why the wait time is so long? They have to call the doctor, the insurance company, the, the, the patient, right? The drug maker sometimes. They have to review all those prescriptions that you see sitting there, how long they've been sitting there. Should they be out there? Have they been exposed too long? These are what is called performance metrics. So what they did, the management companies of pharmacists, of pharmacists created this performance metric. And a pharmacist, it's sort of like a performance-driven initiative. Many of us have been exposed to that in work, where they tell you what your sales are, where your shortfall is. That's, not, that's what it is. And you might be nodding your head to say, well, there's nothing wrong with that, except that you're dealing with the dispensing of drugs. Performance metrics works great when you're selling cars or you're selling something. But when you are dispensing drugs, not the sale of the drug, not the salesman who sells the drug from the drug company, but the pharmacist 
the pharmacist should have enough time to counsel a patient, especially when you're dispensing a drug. They should be able to match the, the drug with the order from the doctor, right? Has that ever happened to you? You take on the wrong drug or they give you the wrong dosage or it's just plain the wrong drug, like in the case of the 85-year-old woman who was given a chemotherapy drug and who died two weeks later because her all her major organs failed. Sometimes I think it's not cancer that is the killer. It's the drug itself because the drugs cause organ failure. All those cancer drugs do is cause organ failure. They kill you faster than the spread of cancer itself. Yes, these are the drugs that they tell us that are available to cure cancer or to treat cancer. They tell us that cancer is not curable, that it's barely treatable, but the drugs that are used are killing us. The drugs kill you faster because they shut down your major organs and cause organ failure. So before you know it, you have congestive heart failure, your liver stop working, your kidneys stop working. If those two stop, stop working, you're, you're practically out of here. Your liver and your kidneys, if those two bad boys stop working, ta-ta, and nearer my God to thee, is what they'll be singing, right? And so when you look at it, there, there, should, there is a burden on pharmacists by their training to be able to advise patients. What if the patient, the doctor prescribes the drug, somehow there was an error in the dispensing, and the patient says, but this drug gives me a headache or this drug makes me dizzy. The pharmacist should be able to stop what he's doing and then call the doctor and ask for permission to switch the drug out, right? And then obtain uh, the authorization from the insurance company that the insurance company will actually achieve that. What you find is that there are pharmacy technicians, but pharmacy technicians are not given as much to do as the pharmacists. In other words, the company who, own, who owns the pharmacists, that's who wants the pharmacists to be held more accountable. So this undue pressure, so this is happening across the country. Uh, pharmacists are complaining anonymously to their state boards that there are errors being made. I think I wrote down what one pharmacist said. One pharmacist said, I'm a danger to the public working for CVS. This was a complaint that was sent to the Texas Board of, of Pharmacy. So here's some good news for you, right? Pharmacists often ignore doctor's orders and refill, refill prescriptions for 90 days giving people meds they don't need. One psychiatrist, in fact, he retired because he got tired of it. He retired he said, and rescinded his DEA number. He said he had patients who were close to suicide. So the antidepressants, you know how antidepressants work. Like every drug, they have the good side and the bad side. The good side is that it will help you, but if you don't take it on time or you don't take it within the required metric, of the time that you're supposed to, that rubric that you're supposed to take it within, if you don't take it within that specified period of time at the controlled dosage, you are likely to do something. Well, in one case, people were, were close to suicide. In fact, they're saying some of the suicides that are occurring as a result of what we refer to as drug overdose or overuse of prescription, 
It's simply because they're taking, guess what, too much drugs that they do not need. And all of this is happening. Why? Because pharmacists don't have control over this anymore. The control has been taken from them by the management companies that that pharmacists operate through. And those management companies are interested in their bottom line, which is all about the Benjamin. I'm just telling you so you know. So next time you go to the pharmacy, you read your prescription clearly, right? CVS has 25% of the country's total prescription revenue. CVS fulfills 1 billion prescriptions per year. Does that give you, that? that's kind of like the lion's share of the market, right? Followed closely by Walgreens, CVS has 25%, Walgreens has 20%, followed by Walmart, Kroger, and Rite Aid, and then, of course, the other uh, small, smaller ones. They're not small because their revenues are big, right? And you wonder why we're such a rich country. We have a lot of money, don't we? <laughs> We have a lot of money. Shake your head. We have a lot of money. Right? When you look at how many some of these companies have generated $880 billion, you're like, wow, that's a whole lot of money. And it makes you understand now, understand and appreciate why we now, for our own health, we have to pay attention. Is this likely to go away? Not particularly because the pharmacists are probably never going to get what they want, which is, reduced hours and more time to spend on on each patient, right? And being able to read the prescription and match the prescription correctly. It's not unusual. It's just happened to all of us. I've, I've seen this happen. I've experienced this where I've walked away with what the doctor discussed was not what I got. I remember uh, years ago with my ex-husband that that happened, right? And I, it's a good thing I caught it. Because the doctor had prescribed a particular drug, the pharmacist took the initiative that that drug was not available. She could, you know, change it to something else. But guess what? The interactions, the drug interactions were different with the other medications he he was taking. Luckily, I had read it. So I said, don't take this one until we resolve it. So I called the doctor back. Then the doctor notified the pharmacist and it, it, it was saved. I don't know why I, I even worried about saving him because the guy was beating me up to kill me, right? <laughs> you see what I mean? It's amazing what empathy does, makes you forget about that threat to my life, yeah? And I saw this happen even with my own parents, right? I saw this happen with mom, right? The doctor discussed something else while we were there and a different dosage based on her condition, her strength, waiting that kind of thing and then when we got to the pharmacy it was dispensed different it was the hospital pharmacy so I was able to call them and say hold up what's going on this is not what the doctor said I need you to change it and I'm on my way you don't want you don't ever want me to say I am on my way because that means you're about to get some smoke <laughs> right but in the as part of the caregiving and the time of taking care of an elderly relative or even a child who has time to sit down, you're kind of just taking it by faith that it is what it is, that that's their job, that's their due diligence, that's part of what they're supposed to do. 
But it seems to me that an added burden is being added to consumers that we now have to police even the prescriptions that you take home. It's one thing to go to the doctor and you have to walk into the doctor armed with a flashcard or me. I have a note in my phone, questions to ask doctor, right? Do you do that? <laughs> right? And then you ask the question. I don't know why you're all making me laugh. I know you're sitting there and you probably are saying, Harriet, this is some serious stuff. It is. But you go to the doctor and you have to have a note to ask. And then on top of that, when the doctor does prescribe something that you need to make you well, then you have to go to the pharmacy and match it. So guess what we're all going to do? A crash course in reading prescriptions. Who can read a doctor's scribbles? Oh, no. So what doctors are saying now, they have a new system called eScribe, right? So they fulfill uh, prescriptions electronically. A lot, of, a lot of doctors do that. They say it reduces errors. Because there's no, you know, you're tapping it out or whatever, so you can't say, well, I don't know what the doctor was writing. But if the pharmacist is overworked, like at the pharmacy where I go to, that pharmacist, I have to compliment him one day. I said, I don't know if anybody has told you, but you're doing an awesome job managing the drive-thru, managing the people who are standing here, calling everybody else. I said, you're doing an awesome job. And I don't know if you're told that, but this is costing you a lot. I hope when you go home at night, you get to sleep. He was so shocked. He didn't know what to say or do. He just looked at me. And I said, yeah. And the person who was standing beside me said, you know something? I've never thought about it like that. And I come in here every day. I come in here once a month to pick up my prescription. Now, I don't go to the pharmacy frequently. I only go to pick something up like once every three months or something like that, right? Because I'm one of those who subscribe to the 90-day thing, right? Because it makes it easier. But I think I'm going to revisit that because... I kid you not, it must have been two years ago I went to the pharmacy, to the doctor and she wrote a prescription. But what she discussed with me when I got home and took the drug home, I said, I don't think this is what she said, but, you know, I'm going to take it by faith. But when I had a negative interaction, I, I had to call her back. I said, was that what you wanted, you know, me to take? I'm not sure because I'm feeling exactly what I told the doctor, that's particular medication would do was exactly what it did. That's why she said she would change it. Turns out that the pharmacist did not pay attention, just looked at the old file, and they had to create a whole new file. I kid you not. These things happen. These things happen. And I'm like, what if it were serious? What if it were like a heart medication? That would have been traumatic. In some of the stories that I read, in, in the story that I read, there were so many instances where people's lives, people experienced life-altering changes as a result of being given the wrong drug. And most of us, maybe you're younger, so you're like, wow, that hasn't happened yet. But if you're 35, chances are you have a parent who is over 50, significantly past 50, you might want to check in with them. You might want to ask, call mom and dad and say, hey, are you on any medication? Do you ever sit down to read them? Do you ever sit down to read the drug interactions with it? Matter of fact, why don't you just 
take a, a, a picture of the bottle, the, the prescription that you're taking and send it to me. Just text the picture to me. And then you go about reading it yourself. Then you ask mom and dad to add you to their contact list with the doctor. Have, you, have we thought about that? Who is your, who are you, who's your parents' emergency contact? Even if you live in the same town, ask your parents. Who's your, am I your emergency contact? Or if there are you know, four of you, which one of us is your emergency contact? And everyone needs to know who it is, right? And then become familiar with the doctor. It's not unusual for you to call the doctor's office, right? Or arrange so that the next time on a visit to the doctor, you accompany the parent. Not because you, your parent thinks you're elderly, thinks they're elderly, but that you become part of their caregiving circle. You see what I mean? Because sometimes your parents need you, but they don't want to burden you. They also don't want to appear to lose their independence. And they won't tell you. I saw that with my mom. She couldn't tell me she was struggling to go to the to, 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 to have a shower. But I noticed she would take a shower whenever I was there. Hello. It took me a while to realize she didn't want me to know. So I accommodated her by not letting her know that I knew. Because <laughs> she would raise holy hell. Right? It's part of, I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm talking about this, but I feel like this is part of, it's kind of like the reverse. When we were little, they took care of us, and now it's their turn. It's our turn to return the favor because they're practically helpless. Our parents are helpless. Hello. Our parents are helpless, and we need to pay attention to what they eat, the prescriptions they're taking, because trust me, they're probably being taken for a royal ride. If your parent suddenly decides to up and move downstate and move two states away or down south, be involved in that discussion. Even if they don't invite you, kind of insinuate yourself. If they don't like, if there are three of you or two of you or four of you, figure out which one they're most likely to trust and send that one on, on an investigation. Listen to them. Where are you going? Let's go take a look. Plan a little vacation around it so it looks like we're all going on vacation or something. But be involved in it because you'd be surprised. Our parents are taken for a ride. People will charge them for stuff that you need to look at the contract and say, hold up. Hold on. What's going on here? When they choose a, a primary care, well, what does your insurance cover? How many visits per year does the insurance cover? You see what I mean? Ask questions like that. When it's flu season, ask questions. Mom and dad, it's flu season. Make sure you wash your hands properly, right? Make so they don't contract it. Avoid contact as much as possible during flu season, right? If they're ordering stuff online, watch that stuff because some of these people who come to deliver are observing who is at home and who is alone with them at home. So have your parents install the ring thing, the ring doorbell thingy, so that you can watch who comes to their house. And you have access to it. Do you see what I mean? Nowadays, most of us don't, the most, most of our households don't have a home phone anymore, but we have a cell phone. Well, good. Tell mom and dad to keep it charged, right? 
FaceTime your parents to everybody. Teach them how to FaceTime. Right? Teach them how to FaceTime. Tell them it's a nice way to catch up with little Johnny and little Ashley. When in fact what you're doing is fine. You want to know who is there, who is not there, right? And if possible, put them on your cell phone plan so you can keep track of who is calling. I'm serious. Think about that. As our parents age, because, you know, they're trusting. They're like, oh, honey, you don't have to worry about me. You have too much to think about. Mm -hmm. You're one of the things I have to think about is what I used to say to mine. I'm like, who are you talking to? And she's like, see, they're managing me already. I, I kid you not, I have two daughters. Apparently, the roles are getting reversed. And I'm like, you're ready to write me off. I'm like, come on now, right? They're like, uh-uh. They give me a timeline. They're like, they tell me specifically at a certain age, we're taking the keys to the car, we're taking this, we're taking that. They're going to take control of the house, the deed for the house. I kid you not. I kid you not. Are you laughing at me? You're laughing at me. I kid you not. They said at a certain age, we're going to take control of the house. We take control of your debit card. You will get a little card that you can spend this much. I kid you not. And I'm way, way far from that. And they're already telling me what their plans are. In one sense, I feel reassured that I won't have to worry about being taken up, feeling vulnerable, because I never thought about it until I saw how my mother was. You know, you go to mom's house and people would want to do her lawn and stuff. And I'm like, wait, just a minute. It's so soon. Yes, it's sweet of them. But I'm like, it's too soon. You're still taking my clothes and stuff. It's, it's way too soon, right? <laughs> but do you see what I mean? And I am amazed at the stuff that when my mom was ill and I saw what she went through, I am amazed at how things work. I had never looked at it from the inside. I had only seen it from the outside. But when mom was sick, all those trips to the doctor, first of all, your parents don't ask questions. Did you know that? Your parents rarely ever ask their physician questions. Mom did not ask any questions, y'all. I was shocked when I was asking the doctor questions. He had come to expect a certain kind of response from mom, and here I come. And then I didn't just come. I, the others came. They were like, okay, you ask the questions. I'm taking notes. You are asking questions. I kid you not. Your, our parents don't ask questions. They don't ask, why am I taking these meds? Especially if they have issues. Now, I'm just going to give you some things that I found in my experience that I had to look out for. If your parent has high blood pressure or diabetes or cholesterol, you need to watch the drugs they take for those three. I uh, hear you soon. Right. Right? Watch the drugs they're taking for those three because right there, Likely, they have drug interactions going on right there. You need to watch it. And then ask questions because there's some, some of the, uh, the, the diabetic drugs. Diabetes is a bad thing, y'all. Try not to get it. Stay away from the stuff. Exercise and eat right. I'm telling you, once diabetes comes into your bloodline, it's like that thing does not go away. Uh, it's too hard. Don't, don't. So the drugs, some of the drugs they're taking for diabetes has severe interactions even with the blood pressure medicine. So read the drug interactions. And 
ask your parents when most of the blood pressure drugs and the diabetic drugs that they have to take in the mornings, remember they'll tell you they have to take their water pill or they have to take their, their sugar pill, right? Those drugs will make them sleepy. So guess what? Mom and dad, you can't schedule a doctor's visit at 10 o'clock in the morning because you're sleepy. Watch what your parents are eating because they're not going to tell you that it's uncomfortable for them to stand up and make a meal. It takes too long and so on. So they're eating stuff that is quick from a frozen box or in a can. And we all know that that's never healthy, right? So if you live in the same state and if you live in the same town, it's a good idea every two weeks or so go visit mom and dad and cook for, you know, cook for a couple of days and freeze it, and then when they're ready, they just pull it out. I, I'm just saying, it, 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 it's a thing, because our parents need us. I was, because they're our parents, we think of them as all-conquering and all-powerful, because we remember when they were kids, they were in charge of us. You see what I mean? And they were all-conquering and all-powerful, and they could do stuff and all that. And then, you re- as you get older, the roles start to reverse, but it's subtle, they don't want you to know. And one of the greatest dangers that our, our, our seniors are facing is when it comes to prescri- prescription drugs. They're probably taking drugs they don't need. They're probably, probably was prescribed for just 30 days or 15 days. You know, it's like when you go to take antibiotics, nobody ever prescribes antibiotics for 30 days. It's like a seven-day treatment plan, 10 days, and that's it, right? Well, sometimes they're taking drugs that's far too long than they need to. But who is policing that? Who has oversight? Who is watching that? So the drugs themselves, even though it's designed to heal and to cure, it only does so for a specific time. After that, guess what? It's hurtful. Like in the case of this this 85-year-old lady, she's someone's mother, someone's grandmother, someone's aunt. She was someone's wife. And she went to the doctor to take an antidepressant because let's face it, Depression comes with depression comes with age. We know that, right? And there is nothing more depressing than being elderly and feeling left out and feeling abandoned. And so because depression comes with aging, you know, you're not surrounded by close family members. Most of your friends are dying and you think you're facing the grim reaper any minute now. That thing is daunting. And then compounded by the society, making you feel like you're aging. This is why I appreciate J-Lo swinging from a pole at 50. That's inspiration for me. If J-Lo is 50 and can swing from a pole, hey, I need to make sure that that's my aspiration. Don't you think? Right? Instead of the society telling us that after 50, life goes downhill. I'm like, excuse me. (laughs) Right? So our parents then are facing what I call the law of diminishing returns. That's what the society says. And we have to look at what they're taking. The biggest concern that you have, not just from robocalls, people uh, scamming them, but what kind of drugs are they taking, how often, and what is it prescribed for? Is that true? Right? Just look at it. Right? Ask them what what kind of drugs. What kind of drugs are you taking and what is it prescribed for? Even if you have just a weekly call, do a weekly uh, face stand call, right? 
So make sure your parent has an iPhone. Do a weekly FaceTime call and let them bring you up to speed on everything. Just, uh, you know, just make it sound like, so this is, this is how I used to get mom to talk. I would say, so mom, guess what happened this week? And mom, so-and-so, mom, so-and-so. So she would open up. She would slick too. Something She'd tell me what she wanted to tell me. I'd have to go sneaking around and snooping around sometimes to find out stuff. Right? But you open it up so that they start telling you. Do a FaceTime call with them. Ask them what kind of drugs they're taking and what for. Take a picture of the bottle or the prescription and send it to me. And then you can start tracking it. So then you start thinking, hmm, didn't you just take that drug like two weeks ago? Why are you taking it again? Are you still taking it? Why? How are you feeling? Because sometimes they'll tell you, I feel tired. I feel as if I feel a little dizzy sometimes where I have to walk. Then you need to say, what kind of drugs are you taking? What is it for? Our parents sometimes experience short of breath. And the first thing they're going to assume is that they're having some kind of pulmonary disorder when maybe they just don't have any endurance. Maybe they need to go do that water weight training over at the club, at the social club. I kid you not. They probably just have a problem with endurance. It happens to 20-year-olds can't even run up a flight of stairs, much less somebody who is in their 70s or 80s. Right? Tell them to lift weights. It increases the strength in their arms. And it also expands their, their heart. It helps to work the muscles of the heart. Reduces what? Cholesterol. We, we are so reliant on taking drugs for preventable situations that we ourselves run the risk of being overdrugged, right? We have to, and our lives are so busy. Just think of your typical mother who is working and has to pick up the kids from, from daycare on her way home and figure out what's for dinner. Just think of that. So you leave work at four, traffic is murder, you have to go cross town to pick the kids up. Then you have to go to the pharmacy. Then you have to figure out what's for dinner. Who has time to check? That's what happened with this couple. Their two-year-old got sick, and he was given the wrong drug, not even prescribed for his age. Hello. In order to get him off the drug without further complications that could have killed him, they had to wean him off the drug, give him a lower dosage over time. And then the company wanted to settle and the parents were like, not so fast, because we don't know what the long-term effects of exposure to this drug are. I'm just saying. It's just like I did a podcast earlier, I think it was last week, on aspirin. Remember when they used to tell us that an aspirin a day keeps a stroke away? Remember that? So everybody was taking an aspirin. Well, what you became claimed to realize is that people who were on aspirin on a daily regimen after five years were dropping dead. That's because aspirin is a carcinogen. It contains carcinogens that give cancer. Are you not going to exhume the body of your loved ones to examine for any traces? I don't know about that. But I just know that it serves something for those of us who remain that I'm not going to take no, no aspirin every day. I've never believed in a daily regimen of pills. I try as best as possible, God help me, to avoid taking pills. I kid you not. I have headaches because I live in Michigan and we get sinus pressure headaches, right? And you get all kinds of headaches associated with with certain times of the month and so on. 
And I kid you not, oh, I'm dying. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to take it. I took it last week. Uh, I'm not taking it this week. I, I need to go 30 days without taking a headache pill. I feel like I've said too much. Right? I hope this has helped you. I hope this has helped somebody. I hope this has helped you all. Right? Huh? Uh, well, the, the thing with the plant-based foods is that a lot of people are taking, eating a lot of plant-based foods, but you've got to watch your protein intake. You still need your minerals. You need protein because protein is the building blocks of life. Your cells need protein in order to grow, to replenish, right, and to renew you. So you need protein. You've got to take your calcium, and you need iron. A lot of the plant-based substitutes that they're using to substitute for the taste of meat do not have protein, so be careful. So if you're going for a veggie burger, are you eating a burger because you feel like having a burger? Chances are you're craving the meaty taste, but you're really looking for, your body is really searching for protein. So if you're going for a veggie burger, ask what kind of protein is in that so you can judge whether that is something you should do, right? I, I found this out years ago, and, and what I do I can't eat meat. Sometimes I crave it really badly. But I found that if I kept a healthy dosage of eating peas and beans and eggs, boiled eggs preferably, right, I found out that I didn't crave protein as much as I used to. There's sometimes when it's really acute and I'm like, oh, so I need to go eat fish. And I take my omega-3 oils. That's what they call I grew up on cod liver oil. How about you? Were you that child whom they forced cut the oil? Yeah, that was me, <laughs> right? So you ha- we have to be careful. Be, uh, I'll get the uh, we'll be good. Okay, that's good. And that thank you for bringing that up too, because a lot of us don't even take B12. And and here's the the thing I found too is that our parents of a different generation, they don't believe in in vitamins like we do. Like, I could not get mom to take vitamins until she got sick. For years, I had been telling mom to supplement her diet with vitamins because, you know, I was just thinking, like, as you get older, you're probably not eating as well as you should. And mom ate very well, but I said, mom, the way you eat, cook out all the minerals out of the food, you need to uh, substitute it. When she got sick, everybody suddenly started telling her to take it, and this was me sitting on the sidelines. Right? Can you just imagine? She looked at me and shook her head like she gets away with it. She gets away with it. And I'm like, this wasn't about that. So ask your parents, what do they eat? Because in some cases, some of the, uh, the, 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 the conditions they have might be caused by lack of food. But one of the things I have found is that as our parents age, especially because we are not visiting them as much as we used to, Life is too busy. We're burdened with family and other responsibilities and commitments. We don't have time to spend with our parents. We don't take the grandkids around to make them feel involved in our lives. Oftentimes, they fall into depression. When I lived in Florida, there was a statistic that we knew of that folks who moved to Florida within five years would die. You know what was the primary cause? Loneliness, depression. 
they go to the doctor just to have a chat. Sometimes they don't have anyone to talk to except the TV. This is why older folks love watching Jeopardy and, and, and what's the other one? Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune, right? Because they don't have anyone to interact with. So check on your seniors. And if you have children who are sick, I pray for you that your child will recover. But I also encourage you, like the rest of us, if you get sick one time, just one time is enough, make sure you check the prescription. Pay attention. While you're in the doctor's office, if the doctor says they're going to write you a prescription called John Gump Bong Bong Bong, just spell that for me, <laughs> right? And you look it up. Let them tell you what the cause and effects are, right? And then when you go to the pharmacy to, to get the prescription, because in my doctor's case, they do that e-prescription thing, that e-script thing, where I don't see the prescription at all. It's sent to the pharmacies, and all I have to do is to go pick it up. Well, before I leave the doctor's office, I am making sure I know exactly what I'm going to get. So by the time I get there and I get it, I said, okay, this is what it is. This is what it sounds like she, was, she said, and here are the treatments for it. Right? Right? Our chain, our chain pharmacists have a big problem. And it's not about to get fixed now because it's motivated by money. And they are in it for the money. And as long as it's all about the money, guess who loses? You and I. That's why you love me, don't you? Because I come and tell you what to look out for. <laughs> So I need your help. You got to help me, right? Because you know they're not interested in sponsoring me because I'm I'm telling what's going on behind the scenes. I don't know. I have a curious mind and I'll be reading something and all of a sudden it's made clear to me that this is a problem. So the big chain pharmacists, think about this. CVS is the eighth largest company in America. CBS does 1 billion prescriptions per year. That's billion with a B. I'm going to talk about Iowa tomorrow. Nah, I'm not going to talk about it. You want me to talk about Iowa? Seriously? Don't you think that's a hack? Don't you think that ha- that app was hacked? That's as clear as day. Is it Russia? <laughs> I tweeted that this morning. I said, Russia did it. <laughs> that's what you're going to hear in a few. Is that The app just wasn't set up to work. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. <laughs> what? Carl Rove's family owns CVS? Liar. Are you kidding me? I did not know that. Y'all remember who Carl Rove is, right? Shake my head. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You want me to talk about Iowa tomorrow, I'll talk about it. The Iowa caucuses. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Oh, my God. Yeah, you stopped shopping there? Really? Interesting. Carl Rose's family owns CBS. And I'm going to stop right there, too. <laughs> Stay right here. If this message has been a blessing to you, go to my website, harrykennel.com, as well as go and visit my page on Anchor FM. Make sure you click on support this podcast. So that I can, so that I can drink water and eat, <laughs> keep the lights on. <laughs> wow, my friends, you're killing me, right? This is crazy stuff. 
right? But then make sure you continue to support our podcast, listen to our other podcasts. Some of you are my daily followers, so I guess you hear me every day. Thank you. I trust you, right? Uh, okay, all right. But uh, make sure you go to my page on Anchor FM, click on support this podcast, and continue to listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, right? I need you to continue. Whatever phone you have, if you have a Google phone, I'm in Google Podcasts. I'm also on about 10 podcast platforms. I'm on all streaming platforms. Uh, I think a new distributor just showed up and is distributing me on SoundCloud, and then they found out that I have had a SoundCloud account for about eight years until and they were like, whoa, Miss Kevin, <laughs> you're already on SoundCloud. Whoop, <laughs> here you go. <laughs> right? So thank you so much for being a part of my experience. Pray for me as I pray for you. Depression is a thing, right? And it's the month of love. Uh-oh, next week is Valentine's Day, if you want to believe that. Oh, my God, it's going to be on and popping. We're going to talk about this. I think I have a show on the 10th. In the evening, and I'll be talking about why we hook up with, uh, why we continue to have these hookups and with toxic people, right? (laughs) You're a blessing to me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope this helped you. I'll post the link to the story on the New York Times. I swear, every time I post a link to a story, all the major networks pick up the story. After a while, I'm done. I think they're trolling me. They're trolling me, right? So this story is going to gain some traction because this is about the chaos at big pharmacies, and this is a big deal because I have seniors who are relatives. My grandma is still alive, and some of my aunts, one of my aunts lives in Florida, and she takes prescription medication for whatever. I think it's high blood pressure or something like that. So I I have some skin in the game. You see what I mean? And you have some skin in the game, too, because you have relatives who are senior, and you may even have a relative who has a young child who is on prescription medication. What about a child who is taking asthma? In one of the stories that I read, a person taking asthma got the wrong pill, almost died, y'all, got the wrong prescription for asthma. Do you know how quickly you can be snuffed out because of asthma? I know because my youngest daughter had bronchitis when she was growing up, and I can't begin to tell you that inhaler was everything and that she she had allergies to peanuts and shellfish and so on. So I can't begin to tell you how an EpiPen was a real thing, right? So pay attention. And I was that parent who was the hovering parent. So I looked at everything. And I think when mom got sick, I became the hovering child. I don't think she liked that much, but it is what it is. So I say to you, support your seniors, your parents, your aunts. Some of you, it may not even be your parent. It may be the person who raised you or someone who cared for you when you were young, still call in on them. Have a conversation with them. Turn the, turn the TV off. Just pick up the phone and call them and say, hey, how are you doing? I called my aunt the other day. She was so happy to hear from me. She laughed and laughed. And she's surrounded by her children and grandchildren. But she said, it's such a pleasure and a joy to hear from you. Pick up the phone and check in with your friends, your seniors, those whom you love. They loved you. When you were little, love them back. Now, check in on them. Talk to them. It helps to reduce depression. A lot of them are dying from feeling abandoned and feeling useless, feeling like the world has moved on and left them by. Maybe this is why my generation keep in touch so much, 
because we don't we recognize now how it feels to have the world you know feeling like the world has moved on and left you right and for some folks who have life-threatening illnesses i encourage you to call them check in with them right because that is a contributing factor the aloneness the abandonment makes you feel like life has stopped right i don't want to go but i got to how about that <laughs> I got to thank you so much for joining me. My name is Harriet Kamath. This has been Down to Earth. I'm so grateful that you took time out to participate with me this morning. Of course, you can watch more of our shows on YouTube, as well as you can continue to listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Breaker, Overcast, Podcast Addicts, Podcast Story, and everywhere else. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great Wednesday. It's still Wednesday. Have a great Wednesday. We're Pink Wednesday. I finally found a pink tank top. My daughter relented. She she relented. I found a pink tank top. Why don't they buy their stuff? I don't know. I don't know. Thanks, everybody. Be blessed. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 